I'm rough and tough and all that stuff. I make you dance and pray till you huff and puff. There's just no way you can get enough of me, yo, Mr. Big Stuff. Happy born day, Heavy D. Heavy D's one of the oldest MCs. A cool ass Jamaican cat, by the way. A coolie, you know what I mean? Cousin of Pete Rock. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Who would know that? Yeah. He got his okay. own thing. Yeah. Shout out to all the fat rappers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be no biggie if it wasn't for Heavy Dick. No doubt. But what? I don't know. Yeah. That's right. Hey, That's Uptown. Right. Uptown started on, with uh, Diddy know. and brought them forward, and yeah, it wasn't. No. What you got to do with Biggie? Yeah, no, Diddy. Uh, not you because he's fat. Heavy, heavy didn't start Uptown. I was like, I was like, but there'll be no, there'll be no Andre Harrell without yeah. Russell Simmons. Not true, uh, What the fuck that got to do with it? Because Andre Harrell <laughs> was from Dr. Jekyll, <laughs> Mr. Hyde. That's right. Okay, he told me. Oh, maybe no Kamal K. Franklin. All right, there wasn't a Kalaja Jamachanga. I was real dad. But go ahead. You know what, Negro? You're supposed to keep it going, <laughs> you know, I know, you can't, you oh, can't do that. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what a segue is. Yeah. Oh, my bad. There'll be no, let's do it again. Oh, God. <laughs> Just say your name, man. Who are you? Yo, I go by the name of the Ed Doctor. What, what? And of course, transmitting live for the planet, it's Minister Server along with... Jaha in the building. Jaha in the building. Shout out to Andre 3000. It's his born date today. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. 46. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know there's a lot, of, a lot of Dre fans out there. I know some people be like, Dre said. Anyway, it's all good. Power. Dre had the power, you know what I'm saying? I like, yeah. I like Big Boy, speaking of the fat rapper, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, you can't say a fat rapper? Then you say space. Daddy Fast Sex. Then you say space. Yo, listen, that's man. I wait for Big Boy to run up on you. On the ACL. Somebody's always running up on somebody. Anyway, you'll check it out. Renegade Culture almost said the remix because oh. shout out to the remixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remix Morning Show. Remix Morning Show is dope. Is that right, y'all? Dope. Can we get a hand clap for yeah, Remix yeah. Morning, yeah. morning Show? All right, yeah. And yo, and yo, big up to the remixes out there in the chat. Yeah. They be lighting it up, bro. Yeah. I love the chat. They, they have their own show. They, they do. Like, that's oh, what they I'm saying. Need us. I, love the mix I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to some of the folks out there. We got <laughs> Leah Boggs. Uh, who we else got, we got We got Ricky Ryan. Ricky Ryan. Um, David Silberg. David Silberg. Um, Tahir. Uh-huh. Um, we try to name everybody. We got team. Sugar Booger. Big Till. Big, Big Till in the yeah. building. Miss Rodriguez. Deborah Rodriguez. Deborah Rodriguez in the house. Yeah. Who else we got? That's too much to name. A whole bunch. We're thinking the rest of y'all in a minute. Don't hold it against us. The next show. The next show. We got y'all. Speaking of some names, before we get to some other stuff, yo, we got a whole bunch of Patreons, and we want to start naming off some of them Patreons. Because those folks are giving us the resources we need to keep this kind of thing going. Yes. Hit it. All right, go ahead, server. Start it off. Uh oh. Alhaji Content, Canoe <laughs> at SQ, <laughs> Denise Beasley Abdullah, Dale Hamilton, Jalil K. Nash, Tanisha Pratt, Devin Springer, Gary Fry, Ashante Foray, uh, Maat Lives, Shane Smith, Jam- Jamil. Jam- hold up, Jamal Lavar. Oh, damn. Okay. D.O.B. J.T. Quantum Field Theory. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Shirley too because Shirley they dissed her this morning uh-huh. on the remix. She's mm-hmm. already a member, and they said she couldn't find her oh, at yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember that. But yeah. shout out to the whole remixes anyway. We at the Renegade Culture Joint right now, though. Yo, pick up to all the Patreons, man. Keeping it going, yo. Thank y'all. Shout out to Patreon. You know what I'm saying? We Um, got a great show tonight. We're going to be doing it old school. What we talking about? It's going to be me and my man here. Me and And we're going to chopping it up about your mama and your cousin, too. I just messed it up in a minute later. Anyway, shout out Outcast. So we got a whole bunch of important topics to talk about. We're going to be talking about Obama, who now is making a comeback and trying to get black again. He's down with like talking around police brutality. Right, but check it, check it. We predicted that shit in the beginning that my brother's keeping shit seven years ago. Rudy know that his punk ass was trying to set some shit up so he could be black again once he leave the whole office. But we're talking about that. And now he got his like this. 30 or 40 million dollars and shit like that. Yeah. Yo, and this is uh, last week was the anniversary of George Floyd. We didn't talk on that, his assassination, so we're gonna get back on that. True indeed. A lot of the artists have signed a petition. 
to get down with the artists. It says Boycott Israel, and some of them include Killer Mike and No Name and some others. We're going to dig in deep on that. No doubt. And Let's you know what up. we have not brought up on this show what is Kwame, Kwame Brown. You got to bring up Kwame Brown. So I we, think his name is Kwame. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Kwame, Kwame. Brown. I ain't, don't, don't take yeah. it personal me saying that. You know what I'm saying? Because we ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Don't come up here and pop that shit. <laughs> Fuck Boyce Watkins. We with you, Kwame. Kwame. Hey, coach, we gonna play that shit. Boyce Watkins. Yo, and uh, who we got as a musical guest? Yo, we got my man Joe Stewart. Come and light it up. Yo, he's Joe an Stewart. educator. Uh, he's, a, he's an artist. He's an MC. Yo, Joe Stewart, international. Okay, right. Okay, okay. We're gonna do all that and more when we get back on Renegade Coach. Renegade culture, we back, back, yeah. back. Okay, okay, you know okay. It feels good. I mean, you know, it's it's rare that we don't have any guests. I know, I know. And, and we got we, we kind of got dependent on that shit. Well, you know, sometimes it's good to talk to people about what's going on in their lives, what they doing, and all that kind of stuff. But then yeah. sometimes it's good just to kick the willy bobo, chop it up, talk about world events and things that's happening around us. So yeah, I appreciate. Right. It. This is how we started it off. That's how we started the shit. What is this? Episode like 115 or some shit? Don't give me the line. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We vote. Uh-oh. You know I was You know I lost at least. You know, you know. Well, yeah. Anyway, um what we talking about today, man? We know Obama. Yeah, my man, so uh, your favorite president, Barack Obama. Yes. And his my my brother's keepers um what is that? What is that? Program that he puts together? Initiative. An initiative. So Apparently now, since he's no longer president, and okay. of course four years after Trump, he feels he's allowed to now speak on the topic and issue of police brutality. So he had a forum with Alicia Garza and mm-hmm. the mayor of Newark, uh, Raz Baraka, the son of a Mary Baraka, famed poet, radical, activist, activist mm-hmm. organizer, his son, not so much anymore. Uh, Amir, Amir, Amiri and Amina Baraka. And Amina Baraka, Amina. yeah. Shout out to Amina no Baraka. Shout, Shout out to Amina, Amina. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And Roz ought to be ashamed of himself, but we'll talk about so. it in a minute. I think so, I think so. So they had the forum, and part of what apparently Barack Obama said was that institutional constraints kept him from commenting on the killings of black Americans when he was president. Mm. Mm. So this dude is telling us that when he had all the power in that anybody could have, <laughs> then he couldn't say shit about black people getting murdered by the police. Um, he couldn't say shit about all the false arrests. There was, unless it was uh, Skip Gates, of course. Unless he's having a fucking beer yeah. summit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. But other than that, he had to do what he could to protect the police, to protect the institution. Remember, Blue Lives Law was passed as Obama was leaving office. Right, right. Um, and so now he feels he can talk about the issue of police brutality because now he's no longer the president of the United States. Thank and the timing, the timing is perfect because right now it's fashionable. You know what I'm saying? It's straight fashionable for a motherfucker to come out and say, hey, black lives matter. Right. You understand what I'm saying? A few years ago, motherfuckers look at you like you're crazy. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? I mean, this is post-racial America. Wasn't that the bullshit they were right. back right. then? It was post-racial America. Everything was cool and the most gangster shit that Obama said during that time was, Trayvon Martin looked like my son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the most gangster yeah. shit he said. So now all of a sudden, yesterday he had this summit. Um, he had this uh, brother named Senegal. Uh, Senegal. Um, shout out to Senegal. He looked like a black Kermit the Frog. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with the president of the United States. I mean, this motherfucker really looked like a black Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Sound like it too, you know what I'm saying? But salute to him. Um, he had another brother on there, uh, uh, Alejandro. I forgot Alejandro's last name, whatever. But it was, it was straight bullshit. Yeah. That was you know crazy that he just feels that now he's going to add his voice and his concern. And again, this is, I mean, and it just shows just the dysfunction and, and how the system provides us nothing. What's the point in voting for somebody who's supposed to look like you and represent you when they get and they get in all that power? And then the only thing they can tell you is that I can't talk about it now because I have all this power and all these resources. And basically, I don't want to make white people upset. Mm. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Right. I want to protect white supremacy. I want to protect the um, image of America around the world. I want to do what I can to make sure white folks feel comfortable. Right. And so I'm not going to talk about the daily deaths of black people at the hands of the police. No, why would I do that? Because of the exactly. fact that then you would think I was actually black. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, we're, we're living in an ill situation and only in the United States of America, out of all fucking countries in the world, but 90 countries on the planet, you know what I mean? Out of all the countries in the world, this is the only place that politically you can get away with saying anything. Mm-hmm. 
in most countries, right. even quote unquote civilized countries, mm -hmm. they're serious about their politics. You know what I mean? You just can't go out talking bullshit because you get your head chopped off. You know what I'm saying? You just can't get out there betraying your people because of the fact that there's a price. Mm -hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Malcolm said the price of betrayal is death. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, betrayal is a serious thing when it comes to our ancestors. But then again, we got to keep in mind, and this is not us picking on Obama. We have to keep in mind that his experience is not the experience of the average black exactly. person in America yeah. because of the fact that his folks didn't come from the United States. Yeah. They didn't go through that particular Still, no, right. but still, I'm going to pick on him because well, this, dude, <laughs> cool this, this dude went from uh, <laughs> went from that perspective of like, you know, he's a world traveler. His mom was white. He, he um, um, I think, uh, was in Indonesia well, was in for a while. Yep. Yep. Hawaii, so Hawaii little, and all that kind of stuff. But at some point, he steeped himself in black American culture. When he went right? to Chicago. When he went to right. Chicago, exactly. right? He, he stopped dating white girls on purpose. Mm -hmm. he, went, he started dating Michelle. He joined the blackest church he could join with Reverend Wright. He became a community organizer so he could be down within the black community. He ran against Bobby Rush in his district because he thought he could beat the guy who was running, who was the, the representative in the blackest area in Chicago. And he lost that, but then he came back and won the Senate seat, and then obviously the rest is history. But he did that purposefully exactly. to, to make himself look and feel culturally as black as possible. But then when you need him for the, the politics of being black, not the culture, not the look, not the aesthetic, but the politics of being black, then all of a sudden he shuts the fuck up and he ain't got nothing to say about it no more. No more the words of Ma'am Jamil Alameen from the H.R.A.P. Brown, to be black is necessary, but it ain't sufficient. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? See, we get caught up in, in black faces in high places. We get caught up in, in complexion. You know what I mean? Uh, being a freedom fighter, we've learned long ago that that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that I've had uh, white, quote unquote, white allies and comrades or whatever, who unfortunately, I, I would never admit it, but I'm going to admit it today. <laughs> I mean, shit, it's like they put in more work than a lot of you motherfuckers mm -hmm. busting your gums yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the internet. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you get caught up in narrow nationalism and you're like, well, you know, oh, these cracker this, this cracker that. True indeed, we know the history of white folks in America, we know the history of white folks around the world, but we also know the history of sellout Negroes. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Barack Obama, he was a prime candidate. What he did, like you said, was ingenious because that's what the state does. Mm -hmm. They go and they handpick their quote unquote leaders or handpick your leaders. And they say, listen, here's this beautiful black man who has a beautiful black wife. Mm -hmm. He plays uh, basketball, he mm -hmm. smokes cigarettes, he eats watermelons. <laughs> He's cool with Jay-Z, goddamn right. Kanye. He's cool with uh, uh, he can Beyonce. Sing, he can sing Al Green songs. Man, exactly. his, 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 he has a beautiful black wife, you know what I'm saying? Children. Yeah. Lovely black daughters. Mm -hmm. Hell, even the dog was damn near black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, black and white. How you gonna be with the dog? But you should have known when, when, when the, the thing is though, you should have known long ago when the whole situation with Common, when they said Common supported a cop killer, mm -hmm. when the when the when the uh, the the, the, the FO, um, uh, police unions, mm -hmm. I can't even think of the name of these motherfuckers right now, but when they was talking about him going to Cuba supporting, police. supporting uh, Asada, mm -hmm. um, we're not gonna say that. Kamal was on that trip with Common when he went down there, but that's a whole nother story. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's an actual fact. I'm telling you all some shit right now. I ain't snitching. I'm just telling you. <laughs> just inform me. But the thing is, when he found out he was hanging with motherfuckers like Kamal and Common and, and some of these other organizers, they's like, look, you got to denounce this nigga right here mm -hmm. or you're going to have some problems. Mm -hmm. And the doors was closed. Mm -hmm. And Con he's like, listen, Common, you my man and everything. You got my beeper number, you mm -hmm. got Jesus' beeper number, all that I shit. love your music. Yeah. I love you more. <laughs> I fuck with you after I get out of office. But right now, if you want right. to still be an actor, yeah. you want to still be a rapper, wrap your ass over, over there. there. That's right. It's a rap over here. I mean, I think even the stuff with Reverend Wright, like, was the... Absolutely. That, I mean, that was the thing that laid it all out yeah. for folks. And everybody ran from that. Yeah, like when this dude who married you, whose church you attended... For 20 for, years, For 20 man. years, on, right? Mm. You couldn't come up with some defense to keep him close to you. No. You had to come out and disavow him. And then you, or the, I think the debate with Hillary Clinton and disavow Farrakhan and all that yeah, kind of exactly. shit. So it's like that's always a test, though. That's always yeah. A test. Farrakhan's name is always the test, which is wild to Farrakhan. me. Yeah, like right. he's, the, yeah. he's the boogeyman for like white folks or whatever like that. You got to say <laughs> I denounce Farrakhan, and then all of a sudden you go right. to white America. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And this is an important said, time. Oh, man, man. Like you just said, though, for you to denounce your spiritual leader after 20 years, that says a lot about your character right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we should have known them, but we were so hyped to get after the, the nut W was in there. Mm -hmm. We were so hyped, like you said, somebody that looks like us. Even though well, most black people are not political, we're more emotional. 
than political. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you and, I, know. and I was going to say quickly, and this is an important time because, you know, again, this is the one year anniversary of Floyd. Yes. Right. So George Floyd was killed a year ago. Demonstrations, mass demonstrations all over the country. Um, hundreds of thousands. Some people call it the most sustained movement moment because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm careful about calling it an actual movement. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sustained actions in the streets, people organizing all over the country. And what do we have a year later? You have uh, Al Sharpton, uh, bobble ass head, <laughs> and de Blasio in New York kneeling, talking about they was kneeling for nine minutes and 29 seconds Man, in honor of George Floyd. I, I need somebody to explain to me how in the fuck, the fuck, mm -hmm. is a man gonna die, murdered in front of the whole entire planet mm. with a white man's knee, this pig's knee on his neck, and then your only tribute to him is for your ass to kneel for nine minutes and 29 seconds. What the fuck is on your mind? But then we know that Al Sharpton is CI number seven. Yeah, He's yeah, a fucking yeah, FBI yeah. informant. This is documented. It's not no, yeah, no conspiracy no. shit. Mm -hmm. We'll get into all that. It's not that show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So um, we expect nothing less yeah. than him. And then so, post his death, post Floyd's assassination or murder, over hundreds of folks, black folks, have been killed by the police. Some more famous yes. cases that have been. But still, the idea of police murdering of black people has gone nowhere. Right? Zero. Nowhere. There's no, Zero. Nothing has happened during that time period. And that's what we got to remember, is that the police will keep killing us. Of course. Because that's what the system is trained to do. That's what the police were created to do. Slave catchers. So they catch us now. They catch us then. Um, and that's their role in, within our society. Rising power to Rayshard Brooks right here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And fuck the pig who just got his job back. Listen to Renegade Culture Podcast. We can say fuck the police in 12 different languages. <laughs> yeah. Right. Boom, we'll be back. Boom, boom. When I hear woo, woo, I be ducking them hoes. Anyway, Renegade Coach is in the building. <laughs> nah, I mean, That's shout out to DC. Shortest rap. Was it, like, was, it was. I thought he was going to be going up hey, listen, into it, listen, but it's like, all right. Everybody out this motherfucker know what woo, woo means, so you know what I'm saying? True that, so, true, true. Fuck the whole lease. You know what I'm saying? I say that with a passion. Um, yeah, and on the Service talk about the background. There's always background noise on Renegade Coach. Yeah, like only, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Minister Survey over there doing It's like doing the butt, like EU. Anyway. Anyway, you listen to Renegade Coach or you watch the Renegade Coach, depending on what format you want. True that, true. Um speaking of motherfuckers talking shit, Kwame Brown. My man Kwame is is talking up a storm. And I mean it's something a lot of people weren't following, but once this shit caught fire, he just said, everybody was waiting for Kwame's next fucking video to drop, you know what I mean? Right. So Kwame Brown's folks don't know real quick. I think about 20 years ago, uh, Michael Jordan picked him, uh, his first round draft pick, Washington Wizards. Uh, the, at least the story then was like, you know, he was expected to be the superstar. Uh, according, according to Kwame, like, you know, he was trade bait and that didn't work out. And then Jordan hated on him ever since that. Mm -hmm. Basically, his career, he lasted 13 years in the NBA, probably an average player, you know, traded around, all that kind of stuff. But since that time, apparently he's been the butt of jokes to be like what a busted first round yeah. uh, pick feels like or sounds like or is. So his name became a standing for that. And then maybe about two weeks ago, Kwame struck back. Because on yeah. some podcast, what is it? The the smoke, all the smoke, all the smoke, smoke. where uh, Matt Barnes um, and Stephen Jackson, Stephen Jackson mm -hmm. came on, and uh, Gilbert Arenas, and they was talking about uh, back in the day. Kwame's name came up, and then uh, not in a good way. And then Kwame came back with some videos. Yeah, Kwame's like, I'm steaming. Anyway, <laughs> back on me. He came oh, back and he said, you know what? He said, fuck all that shit. Mm -hmm. And I, I can relate to Kwame because of the fact sometimes you sit in the cut and motherfuckers still be trying to go for it. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, now, you know, I do this shit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I get busy, right? And they keep on going, they yep, keep yep. on going. Then you jump up and smack the goddamn brown stew chicken out of them. Then they looking crazy and shit. Yeah. Then everybody like, oh man. They're like, oh, you why mad? You like why that? you do that? I didn't know yeah. you're still like that. You're so violent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why are you so mean? Let me just say about it. After 20 years, this dude has said, he said nothing in the media. Zero. Right? He got his checks. He, he went back to where he wanted to live. Yeah. He, lived, he bought his mama a house. Yeah. He's living a good life. Started smoking good. Uh, one day, one day he was hitting that motherfucking L. 
He's smoking that blunt. He's like, yo, niggas think I'm fucking playing, son. <laughs> smoking with his brothers and shit. Like, these niggas really think I'm fucking playing. Yo, this nigga trying me, son. You need to say something. Nigga pumped him up and shit. Yo, wait a minute. Let me get the IG on, nigga. Yeah. Come on, man. Plus tell these niggas something. Like, tell you know, these niggas something. He's like, bum skilly, bum skilly, bum bum. Plus, he hit him up afterwards, you know, on the DM and told him, chill out. It was like, oh, we just joking. We joking about everybody. He was like, oh, word? Okay. That's when the shit was like, okay. That's the thing. We got jokes? Okay, cool. That shit happened to me all time. Time. Motherfuckers don't know they got jokes. They keep on going. Then you rat a tat tat. Then your mama be laughing. At you. <laughs> they, they even had Charlemagne apologizing after. His punk ass. I know. So Charlemagne said something too, right? And then yeah, my yo, man came on. He got ill, man. He brought up his family history. You know, some stuff was going on with his pop. And he his did all that. Brother. He did all that yeah, on his apology. The shit is yeah. like when Charlemagne apologized, as opposed to just saying. My bad. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I should have minded my business. Yeah. As I don't know nothing about basketball. Mm-hmm. He's instead his apology is one of those fake ass like Read you know he's got trauma because you know his daddy killed so and so was in jail for this. His mama did this or whatever like that. So he laid out a litany of his family problems right. and then tried to do like. And that's why we need to say I'm sorry. Charlamagne yeah. got a book to sell. You know, your I, I mental. Hope, you know. I, I don't, yeah, I know, but I mean, that's, that's a hustle. Go yeah. Hustle. Yeah. That's a new hustle, the whole mental, uh, mental health thing. Yeah, I hope Kwame Brown choke his ass like Spreewell, run up on his motherfucking <laughs> right. ass. Nah, but, nah, but what he did was brought up them old rape charges on him. That's what's yeah. happening yeah. now. Shut the fuck he up. He brought yeah. that old yeah. shit, so yeah. Charlamagne played himself on that, though. Yeah. He's like, you bringing up old shit now, huh? Yeah, his lawyers sent him a cease and desist letter. Right, exactly. Which my man Kwame apparently was like, rip. Rip, rip. You, you know, you know what I want to do. I'm gonna ask our producer, the ear doctor. Mm-hmm. There's a video with Charlemagne getting chased, getting slapped up outside the <laughs> outside <laughs> the motherfucking studio. Can you get that motherfucker on this goddamn? Running around the cars. Yeah, we running around. Oh, oh, oh! And you still talking? <laughs> Who was chasing him? Was this around? Couple cats on the street, man. They talk, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking that talk shit. Yeah. yeah, they rolled on his ass. They slapped him all around the shit. He running, ducking, hiding and shit. Carmen's yeah. real, yo. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we're gonna wrap up on Carmen, but as we were saying before, there's some, you know, some things about Carmen's politics we ain't down with from what we hear. Yeah, yeah. But it's like we appreciate the fact that this young brother, I mean, not that young anymore, 39 years old, um, from the country. Again, he he wanted just to be left alone. Yeah. But he's exposing what's happening in the sports world exactly. in terms of how these commentators, this bad mouth folks, make their money, with particularly the youth, talking about young, young black, black men, young yeah. black um, men. And, and talking about their craft, their dreams, their wishes, and treating them like dirt. And my man said, you know, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not here for that no more. No, top of that, these niggas ain't even funny. I'm like, I'm watching right, some of these exactly. cats. I'm like, you fucking goofballs. Like, I would <laughs> love to have some of these goofy motherfuckers on the show. Mm. I really would. I would pay for that shit because of the fact <laughs> that you silly ass motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm, like they're, mm-hmm. they're a waste of space. You know what I mean? You're not doing a motherfucking thing to serve our people. All you doing, like Kwame said, is you judging some young boys running up and down the fucking court. You're mm-hmm. sitting on the sideline commentating and talking shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. That's why that's why I aired out Stephen A. Smith as well. He really got into Stephen A. Smith talking about because he was only 19, at, I mean, 17 at the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, why are you running around, you know, disrespecting young black men anyway? You made your whole career on yeah. that shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Stephen A. Smith is the dude that looked like the gremlin, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he got the toupee thing happening and something's going on with the hair. He's got, he's got his hairline back here. Yeah, hairline back there, but also he's he keeps growing up here and it's back there again. You never know what day he's going to be. chasing his neck and he shit. Got the, he got the roof halfway back. Right, he's <laughs> back head. Fuck out of here. So, yo, totally so, oh, so more important folks who are speaking out, right? Because yeah. Kwame yeah. ain't the only one speaking out. So there's uh, some artists now who signed a petition. Uh, some, some of our favorite musical artists, you know what I mean? Killer Mike, No Name, Rage Against the Machine, and some others, right? Uh, yeah, Questlove, um, and a whole lot of other folks. Matter of fact, one just Killer Mike, it was uh, Run the Jewels. So okay. shout out to, to, to yeah. that whole crew. Yeah. LP. And, yeah, now listen. But tell what, them what they're speaking out about. I don't think they I speak. They're they speaking out against fucking Zionist Israel mm-hmm. and these attacks on Palestine, mm-hmm. which we all should be doing. Now, there's a lot of folks jumping up and down. I hear black folks talking about, where was they when they was talking about this? Clearly, you need to watch Black Power Media. You can learn where the fuck some of them was at. Because, in mm-hmm. fact, they were supporting folks like the BLA. That's right. They were supporting folks like SNCC. Mm-hmm. They were supporting folks like the Black Panther Party, so on and so forth. But since motherfuckers don't read and all they do is hop on the internet and tell them where the fuck <laughs> was somebody at, they was where your ass should have been. Exactly. That's <laughs> where the fuck they was at. Supporting the people. Mm-hmm. So shout out to all the artists. And, and, and like Che Guevara said, and you hear me quote this all the time, the role of the propagandists is just as important as the role of the guerrilla. If you can't do nothing, as, as, as my man uh, from the L.A. chapter of the Black Panther Party, Bunchy Carter stated, if you can't do nothing but spit, then motherfuckers spit. 
if you're going if you're going to rap if you're going to do poetry if you're going to sing and you ain't saying shit about our conditions then you ain't saying a motherfucking thing and that's just actual facts and i hear people all the time saying well you know well you know he's just an artist look motherfucker when we're on the fucking plantation if you are a fucking slave, mm -hmm. then either you're going to fight when it's time to rebel, or you're going to sit your ass there talking about, I got a song. I got a song. Fuck out And what's so yeah. interesting about it, too, because uh, right now, a lot of these uh, uh, so-called famous people are, are retracting some of their statements around Israel, because right. now they're scared, because as folks may know, I mean, ADL, JDL, and folks don't want to be tagged around anti-Semitism and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Where it's like, this ain't about anti-Semitism. Nah. This is about a murderous apartheid state that took land, a settler colonial state, took displaced land. people, uh -huh. and took over their property, killed them, hoard them into prisons, hoard them into reservations. Hmm. What does that sound like? <laughs> sound like, <laughs> sound like the same motherfuckers that sponsor me. You okay. got it. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly what it is. So like if you can't speak user. out about that, then what can you speak out about instead of being scared and frightened? So salute. I mean, again, sometimes we don't always agree with all of these artists. You don't either, have to. Right? Yeah. But sometimes they're going to be on the right side of history. And if this time these folks are speaking up and they're going to be on the right side of history, we salute them and we invite them to come on this platform and any other platform and talk about their reasons for supporting the Palestinian cause and boycotting Israel. And let me just add on to that. Um, when we talk about artists, you don't have to be a frontline freedom fighter. You know what I'm saying? The way our position is this right here. If you can make fucking 11 songs talking about shaking asses, you can at least make one song talking about, look, you know, our people dying in the street. These folks are hungry over here. These people got this situation because we're all on this planet together and there's no neutrals in war. When the fucking war go down, you're not just going to be hiding on the motherfucking sideline. You got to state what side of the barricade you on. If not, you're going to fuck around and get yourself shot. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. Of I mean, one of Killer Mike's best songs ever was Reagan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a lot of, you know, he's a lot of good shit, but. And he's one of our first guests here on Renegade Culture. He was one of our first guests on Renegade Culture. He did talk some of, some of that capitalist shit that we weren't crazy about. Hey, but <laughs> in general, we liked him. In general, we liked yeah, him. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, he, like, that Reagan song, I remember, you know, I, it wasn't like, yeah, but it was a reviving song when I heard it. Because he talked about, you know, like, we got to have land. We got to have our own shit. All that stuff. He talked about what Reagan did, what, what Reagan represented. And, and, and you're right. Like, he talked about a whole bunch of other things, but he made sure to dig in deep on that. Um, and that was one of the reasons why, you know, I, I was like he's been such an uh, important artist um, today. And then you got Sister No Name, who is an up and coming artist. But on social media, man, she'd be killing it um, and she'd be taking folks to task. And sometimes folks don't like that, but she'd be putting it out there. You know what I mean? And she's and also she's a supporter work. of black power media. That's right. And we, we can honestly say that Killer Mike has been a supporter of community movement builders, right. FTP movement. No name has been, been, been a supporter of uh, Black Power Movement. Mm -hmm. Not, and when we say supporters, now listen, again, some, fucks, some people will jump online, oh, this is such, I don't like their politics. Listen, these are people who put their money where their mouth are, mm -hmm. where their mouth is. So it, it's one thing for you to say what you like and what you don't like. If your ass ain't putting your money where your mouth is, you ain't putting no motherfucking groundwork in, then none of that shit really matters at yeah. the end of the day. Right now, if I need bullets, I'm not going to ask, like, what's your politics, motherfucker? Give me the bullets. And <laughs> after I finish busting on these motherfuckers over here, then yeah. I can deal with the contradictions with your monkey ass over there. That's right. And, we, and we're not looking for them to lead the revolution, to be honest, right? Without a doubt. I'm not looking for them. If they, if they get politicized and they join organizations, they do work, cool. then we all work together. But, you know, if they're at a stage where what they can give is some resources or some clout, um, I mean, I think Sister No Name is going farther than that because I know that she's really Indeed. politicized and joined organizations. And book out clubs, there, the whole nine. Book clubs. She's out there at demos and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, really yeah. big up to her because I think she's sort of leading the way of even challenging artists as a, as a youngster. to do that. Yeah, you know she's, and she's, the age, she's yeah. the age of the Panthers when the Panthers started. You know what I mean? So she's really taking it to the streets. And so big up salute to, again to all those artists who are out there talking truth to power and, and bigging up on what's going on in Palestine. Cypress Hill, another group. You know so, what I'm saying? I mean, Cyprus is another group. Man. Hey, hey, between so them smoking weed, we spoke out against Zionist Israel. Exactly. So, Joe, 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 yeah. that's right. Puff, puff, fuck Israel. We like that. You know what I'm saying? Fuck with that all day. Renegade culture, we be back. Black out. Oh, oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight nine. nine. It's the 10 Crack Commandments. Oh, greatest yeah. rapper of all time. Yes, Kalani's Jump Tang in the building. Thank nah, you, Kamal. You, Appreciate that. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Ah. Anyway, <laughs> just like you the blab. Shout out to Craig Mack. Fuck you know Craig what I'm saying? Mack, yo. <laughs>
Oh. I like Craig Mack. Rest in peace, man. No, no, he dead about... too? Oh, man. Oh, that's right. Craig oh, died. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot Craig died. Boy, leave it, boy. Leave it to the godless one. The godless one. Let me just say, let me just say, Craig Crack Mack. I am so sorry that you are. You, oh my bad, man. I want you. I want you, man. I want you. You talked about opinion. his face last time too, man. Come well, that's on. what I meant by crack. I was talking about the cracks in the face. You get it, crack. crack. My bad. I thought that was a jokey. Leave it to the atheists. The views and opinions. Oh my god. The views and opinions of Kamal Franklin are not necessarily the views. Yo, yo. Wait a minute. They only get upset when I talk about dead rappers. Nobody else matters. You don't even know if they Nobody did. Else matters. Well, I, didn't, I forgot. I forgot. It was one song. It was one song. Oh, oh play with your ear. It was the best ever, though. It was the best. But it was only one song. No, it, 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 was, it was. What was the other one he had? The, he had the, what, what, what was you got to think what? about what? it. Was the other one? What was the other one? And then the remix Can is I better get than down, the other one. Get down. Get on down. Shout out to Craig Mack. Craig Mack was another victim of fuck. What they going to do when God comes? You forgot about oh, that one, yeah. No, I, I did forget See, about that. Luckily, yeah. I, I, I never knew it. I forget about it. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. He has some Yo. questionable rhymes, though. You know what I'm saying? True. Did your girls. Anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> he said, I did your girls' butt. Yo, what you mean? That was Shout out to Kamal. That was a great mile. You got me so confused, I'm shouting him out. Shout out to Craig Mack. He listened to Renegade Coach. And your girls' butt, being what? Bam. He did it. He did it. He did it. So, you know, this is a weird segue. Well, Cosby's in the news. That's a weird fucking segue, dude. Yeah, man. But Cosby, I, like, we, we plan to talk about Cosby, not Craig Mack. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So Cosby's parole was denied. Fuck Cosby. Um, Why? And, and because he refused therapy. Wow. And so apparently, you know, like, I guess he thinks he don't need it. I guess he, because he felt like he was doing it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? His rates Fuck were successful couch. and shit like that, yeah. so he didn't need no therapy. I don't know what's going on with this dude. Yo, between Cosby and uh, what's the other boy from Chicago? Uh, Robert. Robert. Robert Kelly. <laughs> Robert Kelly. <laughs> Robert Kelly. Oh, These cats right here, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I know that, you know, some of y'all have mixed feelings. Uh, for the record, let me just go down and say this real quick. I'm against motherfuckers that rape. I don't give a fuck if it's date rape. I don't give a fuck if you got a pill. I don't give a fuck if you got a motherfucker drunk, whatever. If you got to do all that type shit, then you are a greasy bastard. And the fact that they even offered this piece of shit therapy and he turned it down. I mean, he rot in fucking prison. Fuck your Jello pudding pops. You know what I'm saying? I like Fat Albert, but that's about it. You know that's what I'm saying? Fuck stops. the Cosby Show. You and Cleo. You know what I'm saying? Was that Cleo? Theo. 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 Oh! Oh! Well, Cleo too. It's Queen Latifah. And Cleo. And Cleo. No, 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 no. Hold it, hold it. This motherfucker said Cleo Scott King. He gonna try to put. Cleo and Theo nah, with nah, Coretta. That's not the That's same like, category. Totally not same. But it is a mess up. But yeah. it is a mess up. <laughs> Who give a shit? But, but, but it was a Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Um, I was saying Latifah as well because she's on some bullshit right now as well. But anyway, um, yeah, but uh, we don't give a fuck about it. Yeah. Uh, but this also leads into another interesting issue around the idea of abolition and prisons. I just wanted to chop it up about that for a few Let's seconds. Let's talk about that shit. Because we, had, we, had, we talked earlier about um, whether or not folks should be, like, you know, what does it mean to have a system of abolition? And I know that because abolition right now is the big, I don't want to just say buzzword, but it's the sort of the theory of we need to destroy all these institutions, but we need to abolish police, abolish prisons. But then the idea is like, so what, what happens with folks who do things Right, that are antisocial. Like, and where where do they go? What do you do with them, kind of thing? So, I wanted just to chop it up about that for a few seconds, whatever. No doubt. Now, I think that abolishing the system of as of policing as uh, it's currently instituted, I think that that is uh, that's necessary because mm -hmm. of the fact that you know, I mean, there's different ways that we can do this shit. We can talk about uh, decentralizing police. We're talking about getting rid of the whole. Uh, police department as a whole. We're talking about getting rid of uh, uh, the, the, the boards and so on and so forth, the police chiefs. The union. The police chiefs and creating boards and getting rid of the police union and so on and so forth. Now, when it comes to prisons, I have mixed feelings because of the fact that I know it's a, it's a uh, modern enslavement situation, but I think that if there's going to be a quote-unquote uh, judicial system, I think that the people themselves need to run it and not just some uh, racist white motherfuckers who actually invented the whole slavery concept as a whole. So there are some folks 
We have political prisoners, mm -hmm. in which we fight for political prisoners. We also have social prisoners, mm -hmm. okay? Now, here in America, most folks are political prisoners because of the fact that we were brought here against our will, for the most part, as far as African people. Mm -hmm. Now, does that, uh, does that, uh, um, does that make mean that uh, these motherfuckers that commit crimes or whatever, who rape, who kill, so on and so forth, does that mean that they should get off the hook? Hell no. <clears throat> there should be some type of uh, penalty. I don't agree with the, the, the current prison system because of the fact that it's imbalanced. When we talk about the United States being 5% uh, of the world population and having 25% of mm -hmm. the world prison population, you're talking about one country that's 5% of the world population yet holds 25% of all prisoners on yeah. the fucking planet. There's a problem with that particular system. No so we need to abolish that particular system and come up with alternative yeah. means. Now, what can we do? Okay. My position is this. If a motherfucker is absolutely found guilty of something like rape, I think that they should be castrated. That's just me personally. I think that your ass should be taken care of because you don't have to worry about you fucking with nobody no, uh, in, anymore. I mean, if you, only if you are a child, I'm gonna stop you. Are you I'm a child molester? I'm gonna stop you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna stop you. Go ahead. So aren't we, I mean, aren't we, aren't, like, so you're saying whatever that state is still has the power, because we talked about it two weeks ago where, and we were totally opposed to like a firing squad, right? There's mm -hmm. a firing squad, mm -hmm. and we were like, that's barbaric or whatever like that. I think so. But, the idea that, this, that a state, whatever the state is, not the American state or some other state, has the right to castrate based on a guilty verdict um, seems a little, to be kind, harsh to me in terms of like what the state should be able to do when it comes to dishing out punishment. Because you're talking about something permanent um, and, you, and, and if we believe in some sort of rehabilitative justice or, re or restorative justice or something along those lines, yeah. Um, can, we, can we really condone the idea that castration or a death penalty is something that any state should have the power to enact in this I'm, day and age? I'm, I'm talking about the people themselves and, and, and organizing the system as such. To me, I feel like rape itself is a, is a sort of a death penalty because of the fact that you're taking something from someone that they can't get back. You know what I'm saying? You're taking advantage of someone. You're overpowering someone against their will. You're, you're killing a part of them. You're, you're taking psychologically. You're damaging some folks. So I think that, you know, hell yeah, if, you, if it's absolutely proven, if, if, if there's proof beyond measures, then I think that those measures are not uh, cruel and unusual. And I think if you want to go out and commit a mass murder, then a firing squad is good for your ass. If you want to shoot a motherfucker, then get shot. Yeah, I'm not That's just in, me. I'm so not living in your state. Don't fucking live in my state because <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah. If you want to, obviously make, not. If you want to fuck with little children or whatever, I, I mean, really, to be honest with you, I can't even tell you how I feel. But if you were a part of an organization and we found your ass guilty, and, and fuck the state, if we found your ass guilty of molesting one of our children or whatever, then hey, man, all bets are off. Now, I just think there's got to be like it, again for any power. It's not even about strictly the U.S. power. Yeah. But I think the critique is that any power that's organized um, and that uses that power against its citizens in a way that I would call cruel and unusual, um, it becomes a delegitimate power, or delegitimizes itself. Because again, mistakes happen. I think it's been shown- You don't make a mistake and rape a motherfucker. I mean, I mean mistakes you... happen in terms of, I mean, you're, you're giving like cases where there's some absolute uh, knowledge somehow that someone has done something. Yes. But a lot of times people are convicted. And I think even in a system that's much improved in the United States system, Convictions happen that turn out to be convictions that are not necessarily, that can be proven later to not to be accurate, right? Whether or not that's rape, whether or not that's murder. And so I think even in an improved system, you still would have the possibility of those mistakes. And I think if the state has, whatever that state apparatus, whether or not it's a state apparatus that's claimed to be run by the people, or it's a state apparatus that's a government, uh, whatever it is, if it has the power to hold and to kill, then it's an apparatus that has to be sort of watched, controlled, and in my opinion, um, that has to have a limit to certain powers. Because then, all of a sudden, you have folks who, because it just goes off the deep end, when folks getting to decide what happens with that power, what happens with folks. And again, if we're moving away from a system that's strictly based on punishment and not based on rehabilitation, not based on something restorative, then we are just, in my opinion, we are recreating the system that we've already had. I think you guys want to say I, I just wanted to say, I think that prisons should be run by therapists and educators. Just like you said, they, it's, they need therapy and they need education because it's got mental people with mental cases that might do rape 
mentally they messed up, imbalanced chemically or whatever. So they shouldn't just be castrated. They should actually have a sit down and figure out what's going on with it. Well, if, if, if there is drama and all that type of stuff yeah. as well. So they, I, I definitely agree with that. Like I said, a different system would be, be able to deal with some of the things that we don't even talk about now. So it may be a little different if somebody raped in the system that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I mean, you know, if, if therapists and educators didn't rape as well, then I'd say you know that would be that would be a good thing. Huh? Um, I think I mean I mean we keep it real. I mean it's, it's like let's let's keep it Malcolm. You know what I'm saying? We 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 act like this. Don't Malcolm for this. We want to knock him out of it. No, check it check it check it. We want we want to act like there's absolutes. There are no absolutes. True. So again, like you said, yeah, there, there, things should be monitored. I'm not saying that just you know motherfuckers say you rape them or whatever because we know with Emmett Till and mm -hmm. so many other people there's been cases where motherfuckers have accused. Mm -hmm. But if it's beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you have some proof. Mm -hmm. of what's going on if the shit's on tape if you have some witnesses so on and so forth then that's a different a different story now i think that you know we, we li we're living in a society right now and we're talking about restorative justice we're talking about changing the world we live in so on and so forth if we look at society right now we're going to hell in a handbasket mm -hmm. as, as far as how we're moving right now so the reality is with with, with the way we're moving at this particular point we're going to be moving into a, it's going to get worse than it before it gets better you know what I mean? So justice will be handed out in the street regardless. We're talking about police terrorism. Folks be talking about, well, you know, oh, you know, there should be funerals on both sides, which I agree, agree mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. To me, if you play the role of the state, then you should be dealt with like the state is being dealt with. I don't think that you should have the power. Anybody should have the power or authority to take advantage of anyone. You shouldn't have the power or authority to rape anyone. You shouldn't have the power or authority to molest anyone, to kill anyone. Now, it's easy for us to say, and I'm, I'm going to take this road. It's easy for us to say as men, well, you know, you know, we give, give, it, a, give it a chance, whatever, so on and so forth. But I, don't, I, I think that, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is mm -hmm. the road we're taking, but I'm just saying it could be perceived that way. You know what I mean? No. I think that we definitely have to deal with this shit from a, a, a whole nother, uh, we got to look at it from a whole nother perspective. The only thing I, I'll add quickly to, to wrap up is, um, so I, I, uh, it's weird because I'm not opposed to killing, right? So I'm not opposed, like, you know, we talk about revolutionary battles and wars. Yes. I think people get killed right or whatever like that. Yeah, I think yeah. all that stuff is within bounds. <clears throat> and, but I, I expect if we have a, a state that's supposed to be based on justice, fairness, um, that's post this, this oppressive stuff that, we've, that we're in, um, then we have to develop systems, which at least in my opinion, don't duplicate the stuff that we just come out of, uh, even if it's from a different political angle. So okay. I just think we have to watch that, be careful of it. Uh, but see, look, we had a real good adult conversation, brother. Yeah, unlike like, last week. No, nah, yeah, when he tried to bum rush the guard. Nah, here we go week. again. What do you mean? Uh, anyway, shut the fuck up. Team, you brought, like, the yeah, double team. Anyway. Well, anyway. you know, we come right back with some special musical guests. Who we got on? Yo, we got Joe Stu coming up All and right. Teresa the Songbird. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we come back, on Renegade Coach up. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Peace and much love. Transmitting live from the planet Earth. I am Minister Servant. Yo, it's been a while, but black by popular demand. It's time for your hip hop story. Yo, you know who this is? N.W.A. Niggas with attitude. One time called the most dangerous group in the world. The original members were Arabian Prince, Dr. Dre, DJ Yeller, MC Ren, Ice Cube, and of course, Easy e Now listen, when you look at N.W.A., a lot of times people look at them as, you know, gangster rap and things of that nature, but no, that's not the case. They're one of the most important groups in hip-hop. When they dropped their first single, uh, Straight Outta Compton, it just changed everything. Because first of all, a lot of us never even heard of Compton. We didn't know about the gangs and things of that nature, but when they dropped FTP, Fuck the Police, that was a political song, y'all. That was not just about just saying it because but when you listen to the lyrics, and they talk about black people being abused, black people being killed, that same type of energy. So N.W.A. is one of those groups that's kind of set it off for us to really express ourselves the way we feel. They have a song and an album also called Express Yourself, where it talks about not doing drugs and things of that nature. So it was a real full album. But one thing that they changed when they dropped their second album, Niggas for Life, or E-Feel for Sagging, as they had it written backwards on, on the album. It debuted number two on the pop charts. Now that changed the whole rap industry because that was the first time that a so-called uh, gangster rap album or reality rap, whatever you want to call it, debuted on the pop charts. From that point forward, the entertainment industry said, listen, we already put the, the, uh, the, the drugs and the crack and all that in the communities. Now we got these ghetto reporters. Let's just put all of our resources and money into that. 
and we're still dealing with that right now. But NWA, one of the most important groups in hip hop. Study them, learn the history. Of course, Dr. Dre is a superstar. Ice Cube was a superstar. Easy E, one of the first moguls in hip hop music. So, yo, NWA, hip hopstery. Word. Chad Renegade Coach, we in the building. Live and direct. You know what, man? I think this is like the first time in a long time. Or maybe the first time in the first time that we we're gonna have two guests on here tonight. Two, two, musical, two musical guests, two musical guests, guests. two yeah. dope guests. That's how dope renegade culture is. You know what I'm saying? saying? We go we from squeeze one to them in. We get them in there. Shout out to server. He tried to put some bullshit artist. He sent me a, a joint oh. earlier today. Oh, word? I said, Nugga. You canceled that? I said, boy, yeah. you ever, ever in your We're whole not gonna say who it is. It was his, another one. You want me to say who it is? Don't another say who it is. Don't say. No, but it's coming to the nephews. He tried. He tried don't to get say, this motherfucker name. Oh, leave it alone. Anyway, <laughs> don't say. I'm gonna leave it alone. I said. Instead, let's spend time with the guests we got. Oh, I yeah. think we should. Thank you. Know you. What I'm saying? <laughs> nice guest is he went from Ashley to Classic. Word. Straight out the Bronx, New York. True. This brother right here. He, I mean. Diesel, I seen he's, him like smack, smack the gorilla like before he came over. Oh, God damn, he's like, get the fuck out of my way. Threaten the producers, producers start running. I know, Took I know. Took the batteries out the mic, but he good now. <laughs> he has to get it back. Anyway, this brother right here, he's an MC's MC. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Dope MC, been doing this thing for quite a while. Are we gonna you know get his saying? name? What's going on with you? Can I do my motherfucker? I should be stretching out my man's time. Anyway, <laughs> my man Joe Stu's in the Joe! And what we gonna do because of the fact that, see, um, we could talk about you, but we're gonna be freestyling and shit. So the brother who you sent the bio to, uh -huh. my own minister server who never got it dust, he's uh -huh. gonna read your bio. Right. Yeah, yeah, yo, big up to Joe Stu, who is a multifaceted artist of many disciplines. A, a veteran MC here in Atlanta, by the way, in the Bronx, of course. Bronx. Been rapping over 10 years. He's also been seven years as a professional experienced teacher as well. Just got his master's degree in African American studies. So he's, a, so he's a dope MC and an educator. Joe Stu. Joe Stu in the building. Appreciate that. your master's from? I got my master's from Clark Atlanta University. Oh, that's right. You proud in the building. Hey, What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? No, don't don't get Joe out of here. Okay, my fault. My fault. I had to get my man Jack. I had to get my Joe man Jack. But you went to you went to Morris Brown? I know. I didn't go to I went to Clark. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, oh, somebody, 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 African-American studies, uh, the MC. Yes, what, are, what are those lyrics look like for, the, for the, uh, the viewers? You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that I know as an educator, you got to be talking some real shit. Tell us about what you're talking about. Yo, man, um, I'm glad that you asked that. I'm actually uh, using that in the classroom. So um, I've been an educator in the public schools uh, realm for about seven to eight years now. Okay. I teach art, visual art. So that kind of worked out well in hand because I started out as a tattoo artist. Oh, and wow. I ended up tattooing an assistant principal. And he was like, yo, you ever thought about teaching? And I was like, nah. And he was like, you should do it. So I went in, interviewed, got the job. They say, yo, if you can last this classroom, you good. Oh, wow. So I lasted in the classroom eight years later. I'm still here. Yo, we got a similar story, Joe. I sold weed to an assistant principal back in the day. He said, nigga, you want to teach 78 grade? I said, I showed the fuck good. That was up in Connecticut. I was Shout out to Mr. Beacon for giving me that job in Connecticut. Anyway. I'm assuming in a public school, I mean, this is an ongoing issue. I know it's in New York, Atlanta, whatever. They have that many black male teachers. Right? Nah, nah. So what is that experience like when, when the majority of the school is are black students, but yeah. the majority of the teachers are non-black? It depends on the leadership. Mm -hmm. that, that's the, the main deal right there. If the leadership is in, in, in tow, then they're going to support you. But if the leadership is kind of off, then it's going to go crazy. I've been in great uh, situations. The school I'm at currently now, shout out to Rise. Um, they're a great charter school, but I've been in schools before where the leadership was a little bit off and that just once you got an off leadership Everything falls out the window. You mean racist, right? Uh, I wouldn't even say racist because I've you never had uh -huh. I've never had a, a What are called uh, a racial incident in school, mm -hmm. but I have had people who don't have leadership skills okay. or who have been have their hands tied by administration so they can't do many things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but to answer your question in a short form yeah. uh, it really is great when you have the support of the students because they respond to you differently, yeah. especially if you can meet them where they're at. Um, again, coming as a tattoo artist, they I had their attention immediately. Yeah. All I did was show them my portfolio. 
Um, and a lot of them were like, yo, you going to do my tattoo? And I quickly shut that down. <laughs> but I showed them all the fundamentals and I was able to reach them on a different level that I don't think many other teachers were able to kind of, you know, yeah, hit yeah, them yeah. at. So now we've been doing a lot of uh, work with Soul Food Cypher, which is an organization I'm a part of. We teach literacy through rhyme, through freestyle rhyme and so forth. I've been uh, also integrating art where I have a, a cultural currency program where I teach kids how to make dollar bills based off of civil rights leaders, freedom fighters, and different other oh, prominent, too. appreciate that, other prominent figures within black culture that we don't really talk about. Uh, whether it's Marcus Garvey, Ella Jo Baker, uh, Shirley Chisholm, who was the first black person to run for president. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of those things don't really get integrated into the school curriculum. So. To answer your question, yeah, it's a great job mm -hmm. when you are a black male and they, you have that proper support behind cool, you. Cool, cool. Where, where are you looking to go with hip hop? You know what I'm saying? Are you, uh, are you looking to keep it on uh, educational level, meaning um, just on, the, on, on the, the local education system, or are you looking to take it on the international level? What, what's your goals with it? Uh, good question. When I first started, I, 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 like any other rapper, wanted to be on the stage and go on tour. I thought that was the dream, you know, and I thought that was sexy, you know, I go on tour for three, six months at a time. But when I started uh, as an educator, I saw how I could use hip hop in a different form and still really achieve all those different goals and dreams that I had. So I started looking at things differently and I started developing programs and educational programs that actually infused hip hop. And I was able to still meet some of those financial goals that I had for myself too. Because now I was able to see it as, there's a difference between um, the, the scope of what blowing up is. And I think sometimes as MCs, as rappers, we get, you know, we get enticed by the dream. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you see the music videos, you see the girls, you see the champagne. But what a lot of rappers don't see is the children that they're affecting when they're seeing these videos. Mm -hmm or when they checking on their Instagram page. And I saw that firsthand because now I had to teach them. Right. And I had to tell them, he's not really that rich. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> he don't know them girls. Right. Or <laughs> that's Bubble not busted. his car. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and those were different bubbles I had to burst. And now to answer your question, I've been fusing education and hip hop. So I feel that that's my lane. And cool. I want to keep continuing doing that not only to you know benefit my own you know uh, journey, but also to show people you don't have to have the traditional route as an MC. You don't have to you know go into a record label and beg for a record deal, or you know struggle for years upon years to get on the stage or follow trends that you know that's not really you. You can really meet hip hop where you're at. That's cool, a, bro. As, yeah. yeah. As a freedom fighter, I say we salute you. Number one because of the fact that we know that the youth are absolutely our future. We got two things before we uh, get to your performance. One, we have this bold question we usually do. I've seen, I'm, I'm sure you watched the show before. Yes, sir. Unlike most of the guests that Mr. Server bring on here. <laughs> However, Shout out to Book Brown. That's the, that was one of the first shows I, I, I saw. Book Brown as a homie of mine. We were neighbors. Uh, and, and she, you know, we, we did music together. So shout out to her. But Damn, ever since then, I've been just in the no whole doubt. thing. We appreciate that. So I'm gonna jump in here with this bold question. All right. There's a lot of questions up in here just because I hold it like that. I got a big I got you. I got you. I got you. So there's a lot of questions. Like Kwame Brown. Real quick, who's, your, who's your favorite Bronx rapper? Karis One. Oh, no, no, no. He didn't study. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't even study yeah. at all. He had that prepared. Mm. So we asked a bold question. We're gonna give you this, this the, the, you know what I'm saying? Watch the, there's some soy sauce at the bottom. I mean, got you, got you. Here you go. Pick out that one question. Boom. Yeah, boom. Read that question. Right. If you can't, he's Morris Brown, so you know what's going on. <laughs> Braille. Uh, Not Atlanta, Morris Brown. Some say man was created first. If so, what is the purpose of man having nipples? What the fuck? I'll repeat the question. Should no, I repeat please don't. Should I repeat the question? Go ahead. Let me say this. Okay. This we sometimes we call this the bold question. Here at Renegade Coach, we call this knock is nonsense. <laughs> knock is the ear doctor, by the way, for yeah. folks who are not familiar with, gotcha, you, gotcha. with it. And this is definitely some nonsense. <laughs> He's literally up to his name. Let's what's your answer? Go ahead and answer if you like. All right, so uh, why, well, what's the purpose of men having nipples? Hmm. Let me say this. <laughs> I think there's three purposes for you men having nipples. You got three for that, dude? I got three for oh, that. you got 20 seconds. Good All right, now. one, uh, for pleasure. Two, for the sense of being close to what a woman has. 
but not having it. That sounded crazy, but go ahead. Yeah. And three, uh, for the opportunity to get nipple piercings. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I don't know about three. How about how about because women were created first? All right. Anyway, thanks for having us. Morris Brown again. Okay. <laughs> hey. All right. I, think, it, 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 it. I right. think he looked at John. That's how he got that question. Out there. <laughs> hey. Hey. Whatever it, whatever right. it is. Bro. Yo, we gonna come right back, and my man is gonna perform. Yes, performance by main man. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all set me up for that one. I had no idea. I was about to say, Nipples Hustle. Nipples <laughs> Hustle. <laughs> shout out to Nipsey. No doubt. Shout out to Nipsey, man. Um, my man, I can't even get this shit out. I can't even believe this question. Yeah. I'm lost. Help me. My Big man. Joe Stu. Stu. What up? Okay. Oh, up. Joe Stu coming right back. All right, All right peace. Boom. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Stew. Shout out to Renegade Culture. Shout out to Soul Food Cypher. All those watching and all those in the struggle. Here we go. Check it. Let's go. Life's a beach and the tide high She may be edgy but only when crashing on the shoreline Expect the best when Stu rests less And the stress be too heavy to bench press Lungs left breathless Yet still I rise, rose from the concrete No pesticide, I walk confident Though petrified, got a ticket with destiny And I'm next to ride On a roller coaster called your dreams It plays out like 3D scenes upon an IMAX screen I jog daily, but run no laps Run movements that jog your memory for further improvement They don't run bricks, they just run into them When gathered as a wall, that's really an illusion not here to entertain for music Mistaken identity for those who lack prudence Hear he, clearly, hearsay, don't fear thee Competition of pitfalls that ever come near me Deliver this message sincerely Whether the weather shine bright or clouds dreary Proof to the theory a consistency, ancestor blood, Nubian antiquity. Y'all is cheap and I never paid mine to those who disagree or ever felt differently Those thoughts don't align with my symmetry Allergic to the trends and the gimmicky Market too finicky for clones So I always speak truth when I'm on the microphone Many nights alone, mad that my parents gone But wife gave me a son I thank God that my family grown Never been the one for the sweet tooth So I just put medicine in the candy cone Introduction of the introspective introvert Things working out good when you put in work Introduction of the introspective introvert Things working out good when you put in work. Shout out to Renegade Coach of Joe Stewart. What's happening, Renegade Coaches in the Renegade. building? We live and direct only on Renegade Coaching. You get two performing artists in the same motherfucking day, the same damn time, in the same space. That's right. We got Teresa the Songbird. My man going to read her bio off. No doubt. Musical, lyrical, theatrical, alchemist, sprinkling magic and hot sauce on every microphone she touches. Teresa the Songbird is a supernatural entertainment artist, and she's hailing from the south side of Chicago, calling Atlanta her home. Now, you may have heard of her because her poem, You So Black, it went viral on the 2019 Trumpet Award with millions of different views. She's graced the stage with Jill Scott, MC Light, Rhapsody. She also appears on Robert Glasper's Grammy-nominated Fuck Your Feelings album. Oh, and now, now, also, she has a book coming out, oh. Music Matters. It's available on Amazon right now. Without any further ado, oh. Teresa the Songbird. Yeah. Teresa. What's happening, Teresa? How you feeling? I'm excellent. I can't complain. Glad to have you on board. We had a whole lot of superstars on this stage tonight. But right about now, we got Teresa the Songbird up in this morning. You know what I'm saying? What, what's what's popping, man? What, what's, what, what you got going on? Oh, a few things. The, the new thing I have coming up, I'm, I'm going to be on Bounce TV on Juneteenth, on Ju June 19th mm -hmm. at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be doing the Black Music Honors. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. That is hot. That Good is way hot. Good way to pop Juneteenth off. For the people who are not familiar, those two or three people out there who never heard of Teresa the Songbird, please tell us a little bit of history on who Teresa the Songbird is. Teresa the Songbird, you know, I was born on a warm spring day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Chicago. I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago. I went to a super 
super white high school in a very super Jewish community okay. in the south suburbs of Chicago. My parents are from Mississippi. So while all of my black friends were like part of Jack and Jill, mm -hmm. my parents was not with me and my sisters being members <laughs> of Jack and Jill. So I grew up money adjacent, but I also grew up going to Mississippi every summer and kicking it with my cousins. So that's kind of the vibe you get from me in life. I know about nice things. I like nice things, but I also like good things. Okay, okay. What part of Mississippi? <laughs> what part of Mississippi? My dad is from Canton, Mississippi. Okay. My mother is from Escatawpa, Mississippi. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Canton okay. I know about. Shout I lived in Mississippi for like about a year and a half. Escatawpa like is just fancy. It don't even exist anymore. Now it's called Moss Point. It's Moss right. Point. Okay. It's next to Pascagoula. If you've been to Mobile, if you're down that I-10 line, you know what Escatawpa <laughs> used to be and what Moss Point is now. So, so what, what got you? What got you involved in music? Um. The Lord. Oh, I have okay. no idea. Like I have always been musical. Mm -hmm. Like always. My my mom tells stories of when she was pregnant with me. I guess Michael Jackson had to be like eighty one. Mm -hmm. There was a Michael Jackson concert in Chicago. My mm -hmm. mom goes fully pregnant, right? Oh. And the whole concert, her dress is doing like this. Okay. Cause I'm in the womb. <laughs> Don't stop thinking. Enough. Give up. Okay. Okay. We trying to figure out you talking about the dress was going like that. Yeah, you know like her. Yeah, I tell the server because server is nasty. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> you do but, uh, but, uh, you uh, minister <laughs> server like that. We, thank you, thank you, no problem. We server just do server like that. But um, okay, so okay, so basically, music has always been a natural part of yeah, who you were. Yeah, it's a thing for me. Um, Chicago is yeah. this where you started your your musical journey or? Was it? I, mean, I guess, yes, because I was little and that's where I was starting, you know, that's where I sang at. Yes, 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 okay. with confidence. I was, yes. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to all the good folks in Chicago, right, OG yeah. Chicago, and some of those other good folks out there True. that's been doing their thing in the community. That's right, that's right. You know right. what I'm saying? But, um, so, A real good sense Speaking of folks in Chicago doing dope things in the community, poet actually, her name is Emerald Green. She Emerald has a whole, Emerald. Emerald, she runs the sandwich ministry okay. in wow. Chicago. She's also a mother of four. Mm. Yes. She's doing it all. Oh! <laughs> and she looks awesome, might I say. Mother of four, but in the midst of uh, quarantine, she started doing like free sack lunches for the kids who didn't have, who weren't getting food because they weren't going to school every day. Mm -hmm. And she's continued to do the sandwich ministry every, like religiously, she gives away food to make sure that families yeah, can have yeah. dinners and meals for holidays and all of that. Shout and this out. is on the back of like a poet asking for help on Instagram. Shout out to Emerald, Emerald Green. Um, we actually were on the same lineup out in Philly at the Locks Conference a few years back. She's definitely oh, cool. a dope poet. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. she's for real. She, she real skin in the game about okay. saving her people. We don't be shouting motherfuckers out, just be shouting them out. We don't get down like right. this here Renegade Culture. True. We so, think you whack, we say get the fuck on out of here. Who are but some anyway. of your musical interests? Right now, I'm a huge fan of Anderson Pop. Okay. Huge, huge. Even before all the Bruno Mars, like the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. Silk Sonic, because I feel like y'all just jumping on the bandwagon. Y'all wasn't here when Malibu came out. Y'all wasn't here uh -oh. for uh -oh. Venice. Y'all was not here. They were ready for it. They were not. Y'all don't even understand. I put my hands like this. <laughs> did, did, did you know that Anderson Pac is actually Minister Service's nephew? Oh, well, I need you to link me up then. I'm just I got bullshit. You. I need I that. that. I like, like, that's, that that's like, that's like, Normally, I'm not the one to ask for the, you know, yeah, for the connect a, like oh, that. No, I work not, for mine. Not that Anderson Pac, uh, Anderson <laughs> Pack. Pack, oh. <laughs> the crack dealer. Yeah, they were, the crack dealer. Anderson oh, Park. In the West End. Oh, yeah, boy. Anderson Park. But anyway, no, um, no. <laughs> so uh, you, you, what, what's, what's the latest projects you have out for you? I'm actually, with the, you know, the momentum of preparing to do this, the TV appearance on Bounce. I'm working on releasing some music. So I'm like running against the clock right now uh -huh. to make sure that's ready. Uh, some people know it. I, I did a play starting last year called For the Birds. Okay. And the song that I'm releasing is actually like the, the finale song to the whole play. It's a, it's a ratchet inspired uh, cheerleader song for black women. All right, all right. That's inspired cheerleader yeah. song for black. So is it Black Girl Magic or is Yeah, it? that's literally the name of the song is Black Girl Magic. Well, speaking of ratchet, Yes. We're going to have another bowl question. Oh, I'm here for it. Bowl is ratchet it's fun. a ratchet bowl and we never know what we're going to get out of this bowl question. So man. this is a man, knock his nonsense I mean, bowl I'm question. Gonna take it. Dig deep, there's like 400 questions in there. That's I right. want you to pick one of the ones. Oh, here one. we go. I, got I hope one. you can read it. Okay, all right. My man's handwriting. Read it in Braille. The handwriting is here. Yeah. Morris Brown. Oh, oh. 
What did it say? What did it say? Jasmine Sullivan versus Fantasia. Oh. Ooh. Right, close. Right. You talking about home team and also? All right. Who are you going to give it up to? Who gets the love? <sighs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, this is so hard! <laughs> okay. Can I? I am so bad at like picking one individual. Okay. Right? Like, I love, because they both give you that like raspy, growly singing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. I love the quality of Jasmine Sullivan's voice, right? Okay. However, uh -oh. the list of thing of accomplishments that Fantasia has racked mm -hmm. up are things that I wish I would love to see Jasmine Sullivan on Broadway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's a huge lane that she's missing out on in life as an entertainer. She should have been Aretha Franklin on Broadway. Oh, that's true. That's she should have been Aretha Franklin. That's like you know what I'm saying? Like she's, whoever her manager is, you missing it, oh. and you're not talking to her properly. Uh -oh. You need to get in her ear, uh -oh. honey, because these all the, the albums are great, but Fantasia's the list of accolades, honey. She wins <laughs> on the resume alone. Teresa needs her own show, baby. We're going to give her own show. We're going to give her own podcast and shit. So we I come back. I want to give it to Jasmine, but I can't. Oh, just right. on the resume. You give it to Fantasia. Fantasia. So we come back. My sister's going to perform for us. And thank y'all for joining us on Renegade Culture. No yeah. What it do, what it do, what it do. All my life I've been a N-I-G-G-A. So was my grandmama and my granddaddy. And in nine months, you can have a great grandbaby to your list. You write us off like we don't exist. We took your water hoses and your fists, brown bags full of bullets, bombs in our pulpits. You want to take my word away. When I'm a N-I-G-G-A, I'm a natural intelligent God gifted African. I'm a natural, intelligent, God gifted African. Just like you. Just like you. Ooh, you so black. You so black when you smile, the stars come out. You so black when you born, the God come out black as night. Black when it's wrong and black when it's right. Black is pyramids in mathematics. Black is melanized in magic. Black is televised in the need of drastic black advancement. Black enhances, black with chances, black with privilege, black with pride, black on purpose, on the black hand side, black and beautiful. Black and blessed and highly favored, ain't we black and blessed? Black and so much more. Black and nothing less. Black and educated. Black and dangerous. I don't know if y'all knew this, but those blacks with the education be the most dangerous. Because black is brilliant. Black is strong. Black is resilient. Black is song. Black is infinite like hip hop or space. Black is grace. Black is love. Black makes babies. Black babies grow up. Black is tough. Black is hard to do. Black is me. Black is you. Black is not something that we get to choose, but it is something that we get to cherish. It's something that we get to wear and we get to rock this with honor. So yeah, I'm black like my granddaddy and my great, 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 great grandmama. Back to the black first farmer of black soil and black seed. Black as you need, black as you breathe, black as you believe, black as you love, black is all of the above. Black has always been enough. Black is that lift every voice and sing. Black is that letting your freedom ring and resound. Black is adjective, adverb, color, and now. Black is crown, black is clean. So to the black is all everlasting, to the black in passing, and to every shade of black in between. As a matter of fact, if your pupils or your eyelashes are black, because I really need every human being on this planet to feel applicable. Baby, you so black, your spirit transcends this physical. Your black is original. You so black. Oh, you so black. When you smile, the stars come out. Baby, you so black when you're born. 
God comes out. 